we have a big footprint in this state. Um, and, the right. bill, and, and the bill that you put forward, um, I guess what, the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, it unwinds Fannie and Freddie over 10 years. You know, let me just ask you like this. How are we going to replace them? So right now, you know, private uh, mortgage investors are on strike. And, uh, you know, obviously the market has created so much uh, uh, lack of predictability for them. They just have quit buying uh, private mortgages. And so what what the bill does is wind Fannie and Freddie down over a 10-year period. And it begins by... In the first year after it's put in place, we, we go to a place where we guarantee 90% of the bond that's issued on their behalf or the bonds that's issued, that are issued on their behalf, and then 80% and then 70%. And what you're going to be able to see, Kevin, is a differential between that portion of the bond that's being sold that is guaranteed by the federal government and that percentage that is not. And I think what it'll do is give us some, some market signals in the interim, we're going to be building back uh, uh, the private sector uh, into the mortgage area by, by putting in place some standardizations, you know, reps and warranties that can be counted on, underwriting that can be counted on, really building back the to-be-announced, the TBA market back in behind Fannie and Freddie as they continue to be a lesser and lesser part of what's happening in the, in the mortgage arena. So. I really do think the bill is, is is thoughtful. I think what it will do is is create confidence uh, by by private investors into the mortgage finance arena. And uh, um, so again, I think the way to make it work is we've got to build back that confidence. We've got to build back the structure so that people are buying when they are buying these bonds, they know what they're buying. Right. And then it also it also the many of the tools that Fannie and Freddie have at their disposal now will be will be made available to the public well you know that's that's very good news and i I like the the language in your in your bill about qrm and let me just ask you um the qrm has been debated for several months now and how it is that we define what qualified residential mortgage means and there's been some you know some back and forth about whether that's a 20 percent down or whether that's 10 percent down um you're proposing just a straight five percent down with standardized underwriting full documentation loans correct that's correct i mean the way the qualified residential mortgage uh, provision that was in dodd frank ended up being written, uh, it's a minimum 20% down payment, and I'm all for, uh, you know, getting down payments up from where they are with standard at, what, 3.5% today with with FHA. But I think what we've done, the the qualified residential mortgage has ended up being, the way it's written, far more complex than I think anyone in the housing arena ever thought it was going to be. And so what our bill does is just put in place some standard practical underwriting that again can be counted on and you know you've got to show ability to pay but uh i think it's a much more streamlined way to look at mortgages and i think again those people who are buying the bonds that are created by pooling of mortgages uh they'll they'll know that they can count on the credit that's behind it and the underwriting that's taking place well and you know that there let's just look back at history because you know from about 2003 to about 2006 
a lot of these um, problem loans were coming from the basically the the private sector. If, essentially, we had a lot of subprime loans being sold into Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And you know, once we got a handle on that subprime debacle and we had those loans out of our streamline, I mean, delinquency rates are are certainly not perfect, but they're pretty wet, pretty back to historic normal levels. Uh, I'm not proposing that we don't reform Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. It certainly needs to be done. But a company like ours, Mortgage Investors Group, you know, what can you tell us and other lenders around the country like us, you know, what's going to happen when we don't have this uh, liquidity being provided by uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae? You know, I know that you've talked to investors and mortgage investors and people that buy these mortgage-backed securities and you've been able to get the pulse of what they need to know to get back into the market. But what can you tell us? We have 227 employees here locally, you know, that we're not going to be affected by any type of drastic change over the next 10 years. How how are we going to be assured of that? Well, I think the, the way the bill's crafted, Kevin, again, it, it begins to quickly give market signals so you can see the disparity between the government, government guarantee portion and the part that's not government guaranteed. And you're going to be able to see what the spreads are uh, between, you know, the, again, the government portion, the part, the part that's guaranteed by the government, and the parts that are not. And I think that as you move down that spectrum, and instead of saying waking up tomorrow and Fannie and Freddie are gone, uh, you're going to have this continuum that you're working down. And I think as if we see anomalies that are developing, we'll be able to adjust and and change the way in which we're doing it. We have we actually give the head of FHFA the ability to to you know let the let the government guarantee be horizontal or let it be vertical. I mean, there are things that can happen as we move ahead so that we know whether, whether the private sector is moving in or not. So, again, I think it's a very pragmatic approach. If people at entities like yours are beginning to see that there are problems developing, that there is the lack of liquidity that you're talking about, then we'll have the ability to make adjustments, and we can see that as we're moving down and away from this uh, situation where there's so much uh, government guarantee taking place. I mean, you know, Fannie and Freddie are over 90% of the market today. I think that's far greater than anyone has ever anticipated. There are loans that are being made uh, at levels that are above what their ceiling is today at 625. So I really do think that, again, um, this allows us to, to let the market mature and develop on the private side filling back behind uh, Fannie and Freddie as they diminish. And, and my sense is they're going to be private sector entities that uh, over time will develop uh, insurance uh, provided in that way. There may be entities that pool together. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of developments that will occur as their footprint diminishes. But, again, this, this bill allows that to happen. And, again, if we see signals where – you know, this is just not working. We'll have the ability to make adjustments. Yeah. Now, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to spend with me, and I know that you've got work to do. I just have one kind of last question. Um, you know, you want to add transparency. You want to change and fix some of the infrastructure problems. You know, the fact is that, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are, you know, they have about $5 trillion worth of assets on their books, and they're going to have another trillion after this year. And, you know, the problem is, is that we have three American banks that basically make up about 60% of the entire market. So, 
right. you know, what I'm worried about, you know, is that, you know, just like, you know, some of the other legislation that's come down that has hurt companies like ours, I'm just very concerned about that happening to companies like our company. So, I mean, this is, this is the question. Um, when you do begin to get the market feedback, you know, what type of communication can we and other lenders um, give to you about, you know, what our issues are? Do we need to go through the Mortgage Bankers Association? Can we go directly to you um, as you're beginning to get feedback? Well, first of all, just in this part of the process, you know, we put a marker down, Kevin, to begin uh, moving away. Even your entity, I know, which is highly... You know, what that's what Fannie and Fay are doing with y'all right now is very relevant to your business. And yet, I think you would say, look, our dependence there is far greater than it should be. I mean, this, this is a model that cannot continue. So, even as we move ahead with this bill, this is a marker. I know there's going to be uh, changes that people are going to want to talk about. Um, I'm sure that people are going to want to try to see if there's not some other type of backstop that might take place. That's not my preference. But we've laid a marker down to show how you can gradually move away. So first of all, there'll be the input there as the legislation uh, begins to move through a committee and begins to you know make its way to the Senate and House floor. Certainly through the Mortgage Bankers Association and other entities, that input, looking at the bill, seeing what you think some of the problems uh, or unintended consequences might be on the front end, we certainly have love to have that input. We'll, then, we'll provide it. The bills, actually, if the bill's implemented, then you'd have you know the FHFA administrator who you know would be would be your constant uh, source of communication and discussion. But obviously. Uh, you know, I hope I'm still on the banking committee if that occurs. And, and so either through our office uh, or through the, the regulators, which you would typically be dealing with anyway. Well, I, I, I really appreciate you spending the time with me. And, you know, there was a Reuters report, and I'm going to end it on this, where the banks are, you know, $35 billion in the third quarter. I just want the playing field to be even for all parties that are involved in helping people to, you know, buy a home. And I think that I feel good about where you stand on most things. And so, again, uh, Senator Corker, thank you for stopping by and speaking to me, and you have a happy Thanksgiving. Well, Kevin, let me say this. I okay. think the concern that you raise is valid. And and I, I don't mean just as it relates to this bill, but if you look at what's happened since Dodd-Frank was passed, we've had even greater consolidation uh, in the banking world. And the largest institutions in our con- country are controlling even more of the assets of our country. So... I think everything That's we can scary. do to, to keep too much concentration, both on the servicing side, uh, but also just in the general banking area, is a good thing for our country. And I appreciate you discussing that and raising that issue. And I look forward to talking with you as you move ahead. I think you know that in everything we do, we, we want it to work. We want it to be pragmatic. We're not out trying to message something or send a signal to a particular political base. We want to create some solutions that will work and work for our country and certainly not cause our taxpayers to unduly be on the hook for things that they shouldn't be on the hook for. But organizations like yours and companies like yours are the kind of folks that we talk with for that input. And I certainly appreciate your time on the radio and look forward to talking further as this progresses. Well said, Senator. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And again, have a happy Thanksgiving. I'll hopefully talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, sir. I appreciate it. 
And we're going to go to break, and we just appreciate Senator Corker. Uh, You are listening to The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, presented by Mortgage Investors Group. We'll be right back.